Place Your Name Here podcast. I am Peanut, and I have a very special guest on the show today. His name is Mr. On Point. He's from Conversation Con Artist. Con Artist, sorry about that, man. I ain't mean to mess y'all up. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, this show's very great. I mean, it's like one of the best podcasts I, I done heard out there. And he get through a lot of topics. And he does the show with Red or Calamity Red. And y'all should check it out. Where they can find you at, man? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. A Facebook, Mr. On Point Facebook page. And you can find me at Place Your Name Here Podcast at gmail.com. That's my email. And my Twitter is at DryPeanut. D-R-I-V-E-P-N-U-T. At DryPeanut. So I guess we just could get into it, man. I Let's know. Let's do it, <laughs> man. It's it been a terrible week. You know, it's been a lot of things going on ever since the Fourth of July holiday. But uh, uh, by the way, how was your Fourth of July? My Fourth was cool. You know, hop on the grill. That's pretty much it. I try to hop on the grill as much as I can. Yeah, man, me too, man. I got a a smoker in the front yard. Actually, I got two smokers. I got a um, a box smoker. The one that stand up, and I got a, a, a little barrel, uh, um, ODSs, old drums. Yeah, yeah. I had to wait till that sun stopped choking folks outside. You know, <laughs> I had to wait till about eight o'clock because otherwise the sun just choking you. You know, that's all it's doing. Yeah. Hey, is it scorching down there like it is down here? Yes, man. I think Florida and Alabama got two different kind of heats. So I think y'all got that. Dry heat. We got that humid heat. Nah, hey, we got that humidity, man. We be having. Y'all like, got that humidity. Yeah, like yesterday we had ninety five percent humidity. Oh man, it was like they were telling us that um the index was supposed to be like one hundred and fifteen. Yeah, that's how much how how hot it's supposed to feel. That's rough. Yeah, man, hey, man, we in a swamp. I mean, it's water yeah, everywhere. That shit go up in the air and just drop back down us like a fucking wet cloud. Feel like being in a steam pot. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. You wonder where your sweat going. That shit up in the air with the rest of that <laughs> fucking humidity, man. You can't even cool off. <laughs> yeah. Uh man. But uh, yeah. I hope. Yeah. Like you said, your your Fourth July was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Can't that, that's great, man. Yeah, I did a little firework thing too. Motherfucking smoke. Cook some uh, hot dogs and hamburgers. Some chicken. Tried to keep it short. It was too fucking hot for the bullshit, man. Yeah. I threw some burgers up there. <laughs> That's it. Well, you cook just for yourself or you cook for the family? Uh, just for me and a couple of friends. That's it. That's cool, man. Well, I guess, like I said, I guess we can get to it. I know everybody heard what's going on. I would start off with saying that, man, it sucks. Everything's fucked up. But, you know, as a people, we all could get through it. So I'm gonna start off with that point. Um, I don't. Have you seen them videos? Yeah, I watched them. Okay, I watched them. I'm trying to figure out should I play play the um play them again or they they some hard videos, especially that one when they um just sh- straight up shot that man on the ground. That shit was hard to look at, man. Uh, the, the more difficult one to look at for me was when he was in the car and see that. 
that one was the more difficult to hear. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I, I, that, 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 that little girl, what she was saying in the backseat to her mom. Mm-hmm. That shit was so sad. Well, what we talking about is the shootings that's going on, that went on in Dallas. Shootings of two African-Americans who were, who were unarmed. And it's some more shootings that's going on. Typically, shit like this don't really go down like this, but it seems like it's just getting worse and worse. And every hour you're hearing something different. I, we, I mean, I'm just looking at the uh, internet, and all you see is cops stand off in Georgia, cops stand off in Missouri, cops stand off in Tennessee, and you be like, damn, what the fuck going on? I mean, seem like the motherfucking end times, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, and uh, I mean. What can we do to make this shit better? Like, oh, I think that uh, the first part of it is like it's one of those situations where whatever the hot topic is, that's what's going to be reported on commonly. You know, like if a plane crash, the news start reporting a whole bunch of different plane crashes. It's not like it's any more or less than it normally is. That just become the focus, and it's the same thing with you know all of these cop and civilian interactions you go it's just gonna be the hot topic that's how a lot of these news outlets get more clicks to their website by reporting those things that they normally wouldn't report just because it's the hot topic you know um but as far as what to do about it it's deep the layers of this situation go so deep that it's gonna take a lot of effort but the first thing that everybody got to do is recognize and acknowledge the problem before we can even talk about a solution, we got to have a st- substantial amount of people that believe that the problem actually exists. And, and see, that that's that's my biggest issue with it because I'm going to tell you some real shit today. I mean, not today. Yesterday, the first thing somebody said to me, hey, did you hear about what happened in Dallas? But at the beginning of the week, nobody didn't come to me and ask me about the two African-Americans. Well, I'm just going to say black. Man, I, I hate when we get, we get. I got a big problem with that African American thing, man. It's like yeah. not yeah, a little bit. I mean, I understand if that's what you want to be called, then it's cool. But we supposed to all be labeled as Americans, and now, especially in the news cycles, man, we get like just separated and treated differently. So when they call us African Americans, I feel like we're uh, like a totally like we don't belong when they say that. Maybe I sound foolish saying it like that, but sometimes that's the way I feel, man. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, if you look at African-American history, we've been put under a microscope forever. I mean, we were slaves together. We were three-fifths of a person together. We were fighting for civil rights together. We were attacked by dogs and the water hoses together. I mean, me and you didn't experience that, but the generational pass-throughs of knowledge that come through our ancestors tell us that we're all connected. And America looking at us and grouping us together has forced us to look at ourselves in that context. It's kind of like, you know, when the D.C. sniper came out, anytime something happened, I mean, I'm like, man, I hope he ain't black. Please don't be black. Please be a white dude or something. You know what I'm saying? That's because we feel connected and we know that we're going to be scrutinized in the context of our group. 
And I think that's something that white America is afforded. They can be individuals. They don't have to look and think that somebody is connecting all of them together just like, you know, we have been. So it makes it more difficult for us to experience this stuff because because when the, the shootings happens, we can we can feel the pain. We can we can feel the grief. We grieve, you know, as a culture, you know, as well, white people don't really don't really do that. You know, yeah, man. Man, that shit was. <laughs> hey, man, you said some deep shit just then, man. <laughs> Damn. Damn, real man. Real shit, man. Yeah, dog. But like I was saying, nobody came to my job and asked me about the two black guys that got shot. I don't know if it's because they didn't want to get into it with me about it. But the, I mean, soon as the police said, I mean, soon as the police thing happened, they asked me about that. And I yeah. really, to be honest with you. I remember that they asked me about the two black people getting shot because, I mean, I felt like, hey, we could open a dialogue about that shit then. And now you ask me about this Dallas shooting, I'm like, man, I don't even got no conversation for you, you know, because. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just, you know what? It's just like this right here. The NRA just put a statement out about the Dallas shooting. But. They didn't put a statement out about um Philando uh, Castillo. I hope I'm saying his name right. I, I didn't been reading his name, but I don't know if I've been saying it right. Yeah. I, I don't really watch uh, news on the. T- I mean, on uh, news on the TV real much. I mean, damn, how I'm trying to say it. News on the TV that much, but yeah. I hope I ain't fuck up the man's name. But they just put a statement out saying. On behalf of the more than 5 million members of the National Rifle Association, and especially on behalf of our members from the law enforcement community, I want to expose, express the deep anguish all of us feel for the heroic Dallas law enforcement officers who were killed and wounded, as well as to those who bravely can, who bravely ran toward danger to defend, to defend the city and the people of Dallas. Now, that's their statement. But the guy who got shot in the car, he was a concealed, he had a concealed weapons license, weapons uh-huh. permit. So if you think that it was a white or Caucasian person, do you think they would have made a statement about him having the right to bear arms and still getting shot? They don't have to because that don't happen to white people. I guess so, man. <laughs> they, they probably, it's going to be a long time or once, once maybe in my lifetime that this will happen to a white person in the context that it happened to black people. And it's not that, it, it's not that white people ain't getting shot by cops, but the white people that getting shot by cops pull out a revolver at they, you know, at the cops. They doing stuff that legitimately warrants being shot. Black people are just reaching for their wallet. <laughs> Black yeah. people are just selling CDs and got a gun in their pocket, maybe, in a concealed carry state. Like, the reasons that black people are being killed are petty, you know? And 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 they all have some kind of questioning about it. Like, should this have happened? Why did this happen in the way that it's happening? You know, that's the variable that black people die versus white people. So, this don't happen to white people. White people that get shot, supposed to get shot. The black people that get shot, probably not, you know? Is other ways to handle these black people in these issues, especially with Alton Sterling, because if the police got a call about a person who had a gun, why would he be surprised and yell, he's got a gun? And see, that's what that's my biggest thing about this. You know, 
I don't know. Well, I live in the hood. I don't know if you live in the hood, but or you have you lived in the hood. But pretty much, if you wave a gun at somebody and you tell them you're gonna shoot them or whatever they say he's gonna do at the homeless guy with the homeless because that's who that's what they say who called um police was a homeless guy. Yeah. So if I'm sitting in, if I'm on the corner, I'm in front of the store, and somebody come up to me and I happen to wave my gun or brandish my weapon or do something like that, and they leave. Now, now you're going to get out that spot because you know that the police going to be there in a minute. So I can't understand is why. First of all, they, they, when they, if you look at the video, they didn't know he had a gun until the end, basically. Mm-hmm. So why did he still stay there if the police came there because he had a gun? I don't believe that bullshit that they were saying. Now, nah, they got released a 911 tape for me to believe. I don't believe they said they said they came there because he had a gun. I just can't believe that right there. Ain't no telling. I mean, they, this is where it start getting, you know, muddled because who called the police? And are the police going to release who called them? You know? Uh, it, we just not gonna get that information. And their body cameras fell off. Like it's it's just yeah. it was some intentional wrongdoing here. And I'm inclined to believe that they gonna keep as much from coming out that will open up more as possible. They gonna handle this. Um, they gonna let the Justice Department handle it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, but I was gonna say that the uh, the NRA did update. They updated their uh their statement. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did say that uh, Philando Castile, um, the way they said the guy in Minnesota, uh, we're going to wait until any facts come out to comment. You know, they don't want to make comments until the fact, but they mentioned it because the IRA has had a lot of members mad that they haven't addressed him being a concealed carry uh, person and not making any comments about him they is a lot of people on twitter that was like I, i've been a life member i'm gonna take my membership i'm gonna take my money to other uh, uh other gun associations so they had to say something yeah you I'm, know i'm reading that right now um it, why the silence of philando castillo shooting as a member i okay hold on as a member, I expect you to support and speak out when a person's rights are violated. A man was killed for exercising Second Amendment rights. If you don't speak out on this, then why should I bother to be a member? I mean, I'm scrolling down. It's like, yeah, it's a lot of, it's them. a lot of them, man, a lot of them. God damn. But you know, this is the side of some of these issues that that I like because I, I'm going down the NRA looking at all these white people saying that you know. This man was following the rules. This man is a concealed carrier. Why aren't you supporting him and his rights? Because they spoke out about the Dallas police almost immediately. You know, they didn't speak out about um, Philandro Castile. And and, and and the thing about it, I mean, this is what we need. You know, when when, when, some, when some injustice is done, we just don't need the black people to speak up. We need white people. I mean, we need America to speak up. I'm not going to just say white people, America, man. Because if, if we don't, this shit is going to get worse and worse. Worse, yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, another place where I saw that was uh, Joe Walsh. I don't know if you saw what he posted, but he posted on Twitter, you know, uh, um, Obama, something like Obama, we coming, uh, watch out, Black Lives yeah. Matter punks, watch out, you know, real America is coming for you, and it was taken as a threat. Yeah. On the president, 
I, and I um, on his Facebook page, I was going down looking at the comments on his last uh, status, um, which is when so-called leaders constantly hate on cops, eventually thugs on the streets will go after cops. That's what happened in Dallas last night. Obama's words and Black Lives Matter deeds have gotten cops killed again. There is a war on our cops in this country. It's real since Ferguson. It's gotten worse. The rest of America needs to fight back and stand with our men and women in blue. It's time to defend our police. If we don't, more cops will be attacked. And just going down the whole responses, like everybody is supporting a positive message, you know, for for some time going down that list. And that's what I like to see. I like to see everybody coming together, looking at these issues, uh, you know, in a American perspective rather than this individualized perspective yeah. that we normally get. Yeah. And, and, and see the and see the thing about about that right there is I, I read that. I read that statement on Joe Walsh. That shit was so fucked up. I I, I just couldn't. I'm like, man, it's a guy. How the first off, how can you get away with threatening the president? And he can sit there and say that he didn't threaten the president, president, and he took it back or whatever he did. That's a threat. It's a straight up threat, man. And but he basically inciting a race 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 war, man. That's what he did. And it's, it's no getting past that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Twitter Twitter shut down his account until he deleted the tweet. Then they reinstated it. And this guy used to be he's a he, he's a fucking senator, a representative of fucking Illinois. Mm-hmm. People vote, voted this man in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Politics, man. I guess so. Uh, authorities, nine one one caller ambush shot officer in Georgia. Okay, so we could jump on that real quick. Then we could head back. I just want to knock these out real quick about these guys who the other police shootings, because I guess they all correlate to what's going on with Alder Sterling and uh, Philando Castile. A man who called 911 to report a car break in Friday ambushed a South Georgia police officer dispatched to the scene speaking. Sparking a shootout in which both of the officer suspects were wounded, authorities said. Both are expected to survive. So you do you know where Valdosta is? Yeah, Valdosta. Yeah, yeah. that's that's like right on the uh, Georgia Florida line. Yeah, I ain't gonna say it's a quiet city. Kind of like like country a little bit. Uh huh. But you wouldn't, man. You wouldn't expect something like this to go down there. But it's crazy because it say that he called about a car break in and then ambushed the officer that showed up. Yeah. Like, that's stupid to me. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to think that a lot of these people are just mentally ill and the events that's going on in our society just give them a reason to lash out with, you know, the incoherence probably the same as whoever the snipers was in Dallas the same as you know some of these situations just people who they got mental problems you know but I mean so you saying they got mental problems I think man I don't think they got mental problems well they might do but I think they need a reason to, to jump off cause well, I mean, even having a reason to jump off and being rational, 
You know that your family care about you. You know that you're not trying to die. You don't want to go to jail. You know, I got a job I don't want to lose. It takes an extra component of wanting to jump off that make you actually do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a lot of stuff you got to let go. And and maybe they just, maybe they just, maybe this stuff just hit people that's on their very last train of hope. It might not be mental illness. It just might be, I'm just waiting for something to happen. Because if something happened, I'm going all out. You know, that could be it. But I, it's still a minimal amount of people that do that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah it's not right. like an epidemic. And they're like, people are saying, oh, it's, it's an attack on cops. And, you know, it's not an attack on cops so much. It was a couple of lone people acting as individuals. And they shot police officers. And that goes back to that connectedness that we have as African-Americans. They look at one black person who is crazy or who just fed up and they acting on their own and saying, oh, that's Black Lives Matter. You know, yeah, black people in Obama incited this, you know. So 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 with, 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 with all this going on, how do you feel like the majority of America feel about cops? Or do they feel that African Americans, you know, we should just keep our mouth shut about shut about it? Because I'm hearing that a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm going on like like websites reading. Oh, that's the worst thing you could do to man. Right about now is read the comments on the on yeah. the um, stories. Cause it's some it's some fucking terrible people out there. But how do you how you think the, the majority of America feel about this? I- I think that I've been saying lately that in order for people to look at the justice system and say it's wrong, a good black dude going to have to get shot. And that's Philando Castile, a black dude that ain't got no criminal history. He worked at a school. He had a concealed carry license. He was in the car with his family. He followed all of the rules. He contributed to society. He had a family. He got his license. He followed the rules. And they shot him. And that's when you're seeing white America saying, hey, wait a minute. I think I understand now. You can look at Newt Gingrich. You can look at the uh, comments that he made. You can look at comments that the uh, Minnesota mayor made. You can look at comments that people are starting to say, yeah, this this is race. The uh, governor of Minnesota said that he don't believe this would have happened to that family if they was white. But they they also jumped on the governor for that shit too, man. Which I don't understand because it's, it's that same thing that we get when we say something about this, we get jumped on or we're not right or we just trying to be divisive. Well, I mean... Once you once you woke, you woke. You know what I'm saying? Once you recognize what the issues are, you recognize them. It's going to always be a group that's in denial and fighting against being implicated in un- recognizing race. And it's always a KKK, a skinhead, redneck, these groups of people that's just going to fight against race being a possible issue. You know, those are the people that's attacking the governor. It's a lot of people that understand what he's saying is true. You know? I don't think we ever going to get away from that subgroup that's going to attack. Regardless so, of what they experience and, you know, trying to help change their mind. It's, it's, some, it's always going to be that outlier. Okay, so they identified the guy in Georgia. His name is uh, Stephen Paul Beck. 
And both the, the officers, both children's adults, and describe Beck as an Asian male. Trying to see here where I have seen he's a uh, and we always get this. This will get he will he he's one of the most kindest, most gentle people, just generous. So said Taki Zambaras, who ran the treatment center when he met Beck about three years ago. So you think you think he got mental problems? Really? Which one is that? The police officer or the uh? Beck, the dude. The dude name is Beck. It's Steven. Let's see. Scroll this back up here real quick. Um, Stephen Paul Beck. He he's the guy who shot the police officers. Um, and they saying that he was a nice guy. Yeah, friends and neighbors of the suspect said they were stunned. Beck would be accused of such violence. He had moved to Vadosa years ago from the Metro Atlanta to check into live check into a live living treatment center for people with chemical dependencies. But several people who knew Beck said he had turned his life around. I think there's a lot of variables. I mean, I'm inclined to say that when you see one extreme go to another extreme, when you see one person go from he's a friend, he's a good guy, to he called to set up a police officer to shoot him, like that has all of the makings of, of mental illness. That has all the makings of some kind of something broke inside of him. You know, and it might not be mental illness. It could be that he just been isolated from people and just been on the edge. Don't nobody know what he going through. They say he was in a chemical uh, dependency uh, place. He might been back on some drugs and just was bugging. I mean, it's a couple of variables. You know, as a therapist, I'm inclined to think that a lot of this stuff are people who have mental problems. More so than just people who are mad and just want to kill white people, like they said the uh, the dude in Dallas said before he got blew up by their robot. Hey, so do you think the dude in Dallas he was alone? They released I mean, they, they released the uh, other three people. I, I I'm inclined to believe it is. I mean, it's too random of a place. I mean, it, I just, it's just one lone dude that for some reason was fed up or had some kind of mental in, issues and he took it upon himself to act in an extreme manner. I don't think black people should get the rap for that. So do you think that it's going to hurt uh, the Black Lives Matter cause? Yes, absolutely. You, I mean, you can't attack a group that was killing black people and was already being supported by people while they were killing black people. But now, black people done got killed by them again, but then they get killed? No. They was already supporting police when black people was getting shot by them. And so now, they got way more of a reason. It, and it's going to solidify those police officers' fears that they had, which led them to shooting black people. It's going to solidify them because a lot of people going to say, well, you know, I understand him putting his you know, hands on his gun. I understand him having a gun in that man's face. You know, those police officers in Dallas got killed. You know, that's what this is going to turn to. And it's going to solidify that for a lot of people. You know, the police got a dangerous job. You see how dangerous it is? Look at Dallas. That's that's what that's going to do. But the thing that's different is that when black people say black lives matter, you know, and then we say black lives matter 
doesn't mean that no one else's lives matter. It just means that right now, our lives are the ones that are the most threatened. You know? Yeah. But black people are coming out and saying, hey, blue lives matter right now. Because right now, it's a lot of blue lives suffering. Like, people who say all lives matter, they say, you know, all lives matter. But they use it as a a point to invalidate Black Lives Matter. They don't really believe that all lives matter because they're still not recognizing that black lives matter out here individually. But you know what? I can empathize for these police officers that died as well as empathize for my own culture when they get killed by police. Like, we can itemize those things. We can feel all of those things at one time. We don't have to say it's black lives or blue lives. But you know, you know, you know it's some people in this world that's going to be either on the police side or black people's side. Yeah. And if the people who are on the police side exclusively ever said all lives matter, they was perpetrating. And if black people only believe that black lives matter... You know, they perpetrating if they are challenging all lives matter by saying, of course, all lives matter. But right now, black lives matter. Only people, the, uh, the black lives matter movement is about black lives mattering now. It's not to say that nobody else lives matter. If you believe that, then you don't need to be in black lives matter. You don't need to be saying that. To me, you have to be, if you want them to take our lives serious, we got to take everybody else's life seriously. It's just right now, all of the things that happen to people in our society that's bad happens worse to African-Americans. It's disproportionate. We are the most likely to be impoverished. We are the most likely to be undereducated. We are the most likely to be killed by police. We are the most likely to be pulled over, apprehended, and given more time than our counterparts. Like All of this shit that can happen to people in our American society that is bullshit happens to African-Americans way higher than it do to any other culture. And that's what Black Lives Matter is about, recognizing that disproportionate rate and knowing that we need to figure out how to reduce that rate. So, you know what I'm saying? So so what you, how you feel when people when it's taking this long to figure that out and the the people that are saying that well y'all got y'all black on black crime, like the, you know, like the police off I mean, people got on that police officer for saying that, even even though she had a good message. I forget her name, the one who's all he's she's all Nikia, over Nakia yeah. something. Yeah, she had a good message, but a lot of people, I was reading a lot of comments on that. A lot of people was getting on her about, well, she bringing up black on black crime, and that's not the point. So what you feel about, how you feel about when people say, oh, we got the black on black crime, and, and what, what's the problem? Why is it taking this long for people to recognize that we in, we, we in the shit? Well, black on black crime is a narrative because... Black people kill black people at maybe a 89% rate, but white people kill each other at an 83% rate. You know, every culture kills their own at a high rate because you're likely to have friends in your own culture. You're likely to live in a community of your own culture. You're likely to be around your own culture more than anybody. White people kill white people. Black people kill black people. Latinos kill Latinos. That's what it is. But you don't hear white on white crime. Black on black crime is just a narrative that came at some point in our history that represents the uh, a negative perspective on black culture. That's all that is. Black on black crime don't exist. You know, it's just a higher rate than everybody else, but only four percent. And so when people use that in the way that it was meant to be used, it's usually just to invalidate any other perspective. Now, what I say is 
Yeah. Black people kill black people. You know, but you got to understand that it comes from the system of poverty. Uh, poor people hurt each other. People that don't have things try to get things by crime and other methods. And that's what leads black people to kill black people the way that they do. Like in Chicago, very poor communities. You know, like in uh, New Orleans, very poor community before, before Katrina. That's what that is. You know, you can't use black on black crime to invalidate something else. Because I can understand that black people killing black people in that context is not good. It's terrible. But I can also look on the other side and say, well, I don't want black people to be killed by police either. Also, when people say that, they're really comparing the job of the police to criminals. You know what I'm saying? When they say, what about black on black crime? What you're really saying is you're holding the police officer to the same standard as a criminal. A criminal didn't take an oath. A criminal is a criminal. They do what they do to survive. A police officer took an oath to protect. So don't say, when I say I don't, a black person don't want to be killed by police, don't say what about black on black crime because a police officer took an oath to protect and they're not protecting in the way that that oath dictates that they should. Damn, man. Hey, man, you broke that shit down right there, dog. And you right. I always say the shit that you say. I can't articulate articulate like you said it all, but you just like man, you was on point with it. I guess that's why they call you Mister On Point, <laughs> boy. The, hey, you know what? I always felt like like when people bring up black on black crime, it's always the community. It's always the community. It's within the community, and I always felt man, it's a poverty thing. People don't get that shit. I mean, you could go to any other country, and it's gonna be people. You like you go to India for uh, just use that as an example. It's going to be people who live in India killing other people that live in India. And it's going to only be the high crime rate is going to be in the poorest neighborhoods. It's all mm-hmm. about poverty. And I always, I always felt like if you want to fix the black on black crime, you just got to fix the poverty first. Cause people, yeah. people see things, people want things, something that they can't get. They're going to try to find a way to get it. It's in their face. I always felt that way. And. Man, I mean, you just like you just broke that down right there, man. I mean, this is a part of our history, man. Do you know what the definition of a ghetto is? Yeah, but I, I don't like I don't like what they definition of a ghetto is. I know what the definition of a ghetto is. But I hate when they, I hate when they, they, they make it seem like all black people are from the ghetto or they live well, in so the ghetto. A ghetto is is just a community where. Minorities live a poor community where minorities live. Like yeah. Italian people lived in ghettos. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A ghetto is not exclusive to the black community. It's just a refuge. It was a place where people had to go. And so, if you look at our history, if you look at like civil rights, and there was a time in our country where black people couldn't live where white people live. They couldn't get opportunities where white people got opportunities. We were pushed to live in these areas in mass. I mean, all over the country because at that time we were the predominant minority and we couldn't get anything so when you talk about all of these different ghettos everywhere in america existing because white america wouldn't let us be a part of their system that's how you get such a big mass of poverty-stricken areas and that's all over the country and that's how you get black people resorting to crime and other things because it's not about being black it's about being poor it's just unfortunate that in america black people are the disproportionately poor group you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's it's a reason for that. I mean, yeah, that's I think we fix that reason, then shit could change. Cause 
I hate when I hate going on Facebook and people are like, oh, what about your black on black crime? What about Chicago? I try to explain to people, hey, this is the lowest, lowest, lowest ever in history with the crime rate. I mean, the crime is just down so much from when I was a kid to now. Uh-huh. Teen pregnancy down, the crime rate down, murder down, robbery down. Rape down, all that's down, but yet they try to make it seem like it's the worst times because of us. Because they they look at places like Chicago. I mean, you are gonna have your pockets that the crime rate is gonna be up, and then they see that there's a lot of black people that live in Chicago, New Orleans. Just like you said, there's a lot of black people that live there. It, I, it's, it's a way to make us seem like we kind of like monsters. I hate to say it like that, but that's how they try to make it seem like we are. And I mean. My bad. You go ahead, man. The problem is you can't legislate hate. You just can't. I mean, white America wants to believe that in 1964 when the Civil Rights Act was passed that racism is over. And then they wanted to say that a black president is in office. Racism is over. The problem isn't the legislation and the people in power. The problem is the attitudes that people have. You know, you can't change great grandmama attitude about black people. No. She used to go to Red Lobster and black people couldn't eat where they at. You know, white people lost everything. Do you understand? Like white people lost everything. Yeah. They should have, but they had their own water fountains. They had their own clean pools, which is a part of the reason why black people can't swim. Because who pool <laughs> they was finna get in? And was the city really finna clean the black folks' pool when they didn't even think black people should be able to drink out the same water fountain? Nope. You know, they used to be able to eat in their own restaurants. They used to be able to eat it, sit in the front of the bus. They got all the jobs. They had everything. And they're, what they look at us is like black people is taking everything away. It's kind of like when your mama... When you got a candy bar and your mama make you give half of it to your brother. Yeah. You mad as hell. <laughs> That's white people. They had yeah. to give half of everything to black people. I mean, yeah. they should never have had it exclusively. And they never should have had slaves. But white people are mad because of that. And instead of saying, you know what? We had a good ass run. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we had we got a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? But now we gotta share it. Instead of saying that, they'd be like, Man, fuck you. You had to take half of my damn candy bar, man. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? That's white people. You know, especially old white people. Younger white people are, are, are coming to understand a lot of this stuff, but you can't change those attitudes, and you gotta understand that those old white people are still watching their grandkids and calling black people niggas while their grandkids in the car. Like, the attitudes are what continues to perpetuate and be the catalyst for all of these issues. It's just gonna be have to be, to be real, it's gonna be a lot of people that gotta die. That's what my granddaddy, my granddaddy got to die. My mom and her siblings and all that generation got to die, and it's still gonna be some residual effects. Me and you, our generation, got to die. You know, maybe our great, 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 great grandkids will live in a way different world than we do. But you can't change these attitudes through legislation. You can't force people to believe something different about people that they don't want to believe. And you know, one motherfucker that got to die, man, is bitch Sarah Palin, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh. Here, here gonna headline: Black Lives Matter is a farce. Okay, let me see if I can play this right here. Um, oh, hope ain't no motherfucking commercial about this shit, man. But basically, she's saying that uh, you know, you know what? 
she basically saying the same shit that I was trying to say at the beginning about African American. Uh huh. How I hate that. Like how how we. Man, let me read. It. Hold on, let me either read or play this shit. This shit, I like. I like. I don't want to play. Yeah, I'm not gonna play that shit. Um, basically, wow. Get some bullshit. Uh, former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin says that says the Black Lives Matter movement is a farce, and said Americans who hyphenate their racial backgrounds, such as African Americans and Asian Americans, further divide our nation. So she's basically saying that we the cause why our nation is divided. Hashtag Black Lives Matter is a farce and hyphenated America destroys us. The 2008 Republican vice presidential nominee wrote on her Facebook page, shame on our culture influencers who would stir contention and division that could lead to evil such as in Dallas. So she, yeah, she basically saying that it's our fault. I think white, white people like Sarah Palin perspective is that we need to just be quiet about it. You know, just the re they don't acknowledge that yeah there is a history in which yeah we treated y'all like shit and we started calling y'all African Americans because we couldn't see y'all as Americans we had to add that African you know we we did all this stuff they don't acknowledge that they want us to forget about it you know what I'm saying it's like like white America got one of them damn neuralizers from um from black men in black yeah you know and they put them in their face and be like, y'all, then no bullshit happened to black people. And then they flashed it. And now white people just don't remember shit about slavery and civil rights. And they want to say, wait, y'all bringing this stuff up is perpetuating the racism. You know, but it's those attitudes. It's those attitudes. It, that's the problem. We are a reactive black people that are racist and that are, you know, strong for their culture. We are reactively racist. White people are racist for no damn reason. You know, we 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 fight back because people treat us like shit. They just fight back because they can. You know, they just that's that's what it's been. They the bullies, you know? That's just how the history of America been. I mean I, Sarah Palin, man, I don't listen to nothing Sarah Palin say, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a handful of people that I just don't give a fuck what they be talking about. Sarah Palin is one of them. Yeah, she be on that bullshit, uh, and they about to give her own TV show, which is the sad shit right there. Because people, they some people in this world, they just eat that shit up, man. I don't know yeah. if they eat it up because they like the drama, or they really agree with what she's saying. Can't figure it out. But man, this this lady ran for vice president, ran ran on a ticket for vice president, and it was a chance she could have been vice president. Just picture that shit right there. God damn. Man, the thing about it is, a lot of these damn politicians probably think the way she think. They're just smart enough not to say the shit the way she's saying it. You know what I mean? You can't isolate the groups of people that you're going to have to, you know, make decisions for. I mean, you can, but you're going to end up like Sarah Palin ass, trying to get a damn TV show to stay relevant. <laughs> that damn TV show going to make her look like shit. <laughs> That's what it's going to do. Oh man, um, it's, just, it's not gonna help her at all. But this is the only way she's gonna be able to keep an income for the rest of her life. Cause don't nobody take her serious no more. Yeah, she's the biggest biggest hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matters, yes, more than Black Lives Matters protests can can grasp as evidenced by their self destructive provocatism. So I've been reading a lot of shit 
like just man, like man, my I'm so, right now I'm so flustered because I just be reading a lot of shit on the on the net about everything that's going on, and a lot of people just consider like basically the Black Lives Matter movement as let me see the word they describe them as a organistic terrorism group as thugs different shit like that not as peaceful protesters which I think it is like if you read about all the protests that went went on this week all of them were peaceful mm-hmm. you got people who's not included with them starting shit they gonna find something to fit their own narrative when they walk when they woke up in the morning, even before Dallas happened, after these two black men got shot, they woke up in that next morning and said, "You know what? This ain't about race. You know what? I'm going to prove to myself that it ain't about race. You know, or I'm going to prove to myself that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization." And they waited. And then, you know, when Dallas police officers got shot, that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? They Look for what's going to fit their narrative. They don't try to change their own ideals about what they what we going through in America. They don't try to understand and you know look at it differently. They try to fit what they can into how they already want to think, and they already want to vilify black people. They already want black people to be against cops. They already want Black Lives Matter to be a terrorist organization. So that's how they're going to find things to look and fit into their current narrative. That's what they're gonna continue to do. So, I mean, oh, you go ahead. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I was done. I'm done. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm talking too damn much nah. to be to be honest. You, you, you man, you, hey, you rolling, man? Talking like, like hell. Hey, you rolling out? It, 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 it's a talk show. Go ahead and uh, talk. When you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so they identified the cop that um killed um Philando Castillo. Um, let me see right here. The State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension named the cop who fired on Castile as Officer Geronimo Yonez, 28. It also identified another cop on the scene as Officer Joseph Kowser. Both officers have been with the St. Anthony Police Department for years. Okay, and I'm trying to find this article where I found earlier, but... Uh, he basically said that he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he ain't shoot him because of race. He's a, he's a, he's a Latino cop. And I want to get your thoughts on that. Did, do you, I mean, a lot of people said he was just nervous. How you feel about that? Nervous and shot, shot a nigga four times. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) That's nervous. Yeah. He was nervous, man. Nervous mean you drop your damn gun on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Nervous don't mean you pull the trigger four times on a dude that was finna give the wallet that you asked him for. You know? But the thing is, there is this false, irrational fear that people have of African Americans. I mean, black people ain't did nothing to to nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's this irrational fear that comes along with dealing with black people. And the reason, so, okay, clearly Asian police officer killed or Latino police officer killed Philando Castro. In, in the police force, it really don't matter what color you are. 
at the end of the day, you are upholding a system that that was created early on to reinforce white supremacy. The rules and the regulations that were made for the police to follow were made back when black people couldn't make no decisions in that system. Made when Latinos and Asians and black people couldn't be in that system. Anybody in that system are following the rules that were made by people who were trying to be protected by and from black people. So, I mean, you're still upholding the system. It don't matter who, as a police officer, kill who. You know, you're upholding the system that white people want you to uphold. Which means that, because you got to understand, like, some of these old-ass captains that still on police forces, they was out there in training, releasing dogs on black people and shooting off fire hoses at black people. And they over everybody in that precinct. Now, sometimes that means that that captain or that leader is going to be sending black people in or sending their police officers into the black neighborhoods and saying, well, stuff always happened over here. You know, you got to treat them a little bit rougher than everybody else. You know, you might want to keep your hand on your gun sometimes. Sometimes that's what it means. Sometimes it means they're going to be overtly sending police officers to deal with black people in certain ways. And in the least, in the lightest sense, it's just going to be when an officer does something racist, even though the captain might not agree with it. He's not going to punish them because you still got to support your brothers in blue. If somebody tell on another officer and say that, well, he did some racist stuff. Well, you still got to maintain the integrity of your own system. You got to cover that stuff up. The last thing any police agency want that wants to come out is that we racist somehow. So they're going to always cover those things up. They always going to keep them under the ground. And that's the problem that we face with the police. We face them with a system that is too heavily regulated internally. There is no outside group that can say this is what's going on until bullshit happened. And a, a captain ain't going to say, hell yeah, I got like 10 racist ass dudes in my force. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can name them right now. I can tell you all the racist shit they've been doing. Nobody ain't no damn body going to do that until some shit happened. And so these police officers get to run amok in the community and nobody is going to check them. The only thing that's been checking them lately are cell phones. That's it, and man, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm say this right now, boy. The cell phone was the best invention. The smartphone was the best invention for black people, boy. The best invention because it wasn't for these smartphones. This shit we ain't be out there. It'd yeah, be like right. it'd be like it's 1980 again uh -huh. in L.A. somewhere. I mean, it'd be a war zone, man. Uh, Ger Geronimo Yanez, the police officer who killed a black driver during a suburban Minnesota traffic stop this week, reacted to the man's gun. Not his race, attorney said Saturday. St. Anthony police officer Yanez was reacting to the presence of that gun and the display of the gun when he opened fire on and killed Philando Castile. Minneapolis attorney Thomas Kelly told the Associated, Pre Associated Press in an interview Saturday. But that's what he got to say, right? I mean, he's not going to say nothing different than that. No, I mean, I, I think he really believes it. Just like the, the dude that shot Mike Brown. I think they believe that shit. I think they believe that it has nothing to do with race. I think that their racial is, is subconscious. I think that it's at a way deeper level than I'm going to do this to a black man. It's when he's around a black man, he don't know why his finger on his trigger a little bit lighter than it normally be. He don't know why he went for his gun. He don't know why he pulled it out and was nervous. He don't know. I mean, he is, but he don't. he's not consciously aware that the man being black is the reason 
why he's that way. I don't think they actually know. I think he believed it one about race. I mean, who really righteously going to say, hell yeah, I shot him because he's a nigga. And, and remember that uh, George Zimmerman, he was Latino. So yeah, I that mean, shit don't mean shit, man. Well, I mean, his daddy was white. You know what I'm saying? So he inside, he might as well be white. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like his daddy was a white judge. He, he understand the legal system. He knows how that system works. You know, and when it comes to this police stuff, it's about the system. You know, that's how a good cop, like a good cop, a good cop who don't tell on somebody who did some bullshit is still a part of the problem. That's how they continue to uphold the system of white supremacy. Now, I support cops. I got friends that are cops. It'll be a slap in the face if I say all cops ain't shit. Yeah. I'm inclined to believe that a lot of cops are actually good. I think that the problems we have that a lot of them are not trained well enough. I believe that every cop can look at somebody and say he don't need to be in the field. He need to be at a fucking desk. I just believe that every precinct a cop that they can look at and say that about. You know what I'm saying? But they don't. And the problem I have with all cops is that if you're a good cop that allows a bad cop to exist in your system, you're a part of the problem. It's not my job to discern which one of y'all might be good and might be bad. And in my culture, I can't assume that y'all are all good. I have to assume that um, interaction with a cop might be a bad one. Just because of how often this happens to people with my skin color. You know. And, 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 see, and see, the thing about that is, you're right. How, how, how are we supposed to know the difference? I shouldn't be put in a position where I got to figure out First of all, I should like I, I shouldn't even be put in a position where I should be feared when I get pulled over, or be in fear when I get pulled over. So how do, how we how are we supposed to know when these people are supposed to be trained to the point that they should know how to de-escalate de a situation? They should know how to know when a situation is supposed to when a situation is coming. Like it, 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 you, you should be on somebody back or somebody holding somebody down with a gun in their face. And then the gun go off. You shouldn't be at the driver's side of somebody's car and you shooting that bitch five, four times with a little girl in the backseat. That's just terrible shit. That, and that to me recognizes the depth of his, of that officer's fear. That officer believed that a black man who told him that he had a gun was going to pull that same gun out of his pocket and shoot him with his daughter and his girlfriend in the car. They don't even they don't even make them kind of scenes in fucking movies. <laughs> sure enough, don't. Scarface wouldn't even kill goddamn women and children. Yeah. Like this officer was so rattled that he thought a black man in that situation was gonna do that. But but are we excusing him when we say that he was rattled? Cause that's basically what we when we when we say that he was nervous or he was rattled, we basically saying that we give him a we giving him a way out. I don't think so. You don't think so? But I think every single cop is rattled. That's my perspective. Okay, that could. Be I that. think when when every single cop deal with a black person, they rattled as fuck because they don't know what to expect. Because society done told them that we more aggressive, you know. And not only has society told them, but it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because they go into a, a they go into the hood. 
and they believe black people are aggressive. And so internally, they act more aggressively towards black people, which lead black people to be more aggressive towards them. And so it's a cycle at which they going to get what they believe. Opposed to when they go into the white neighborhood, they don't act aggressive because they don't believe white people are aggressive. They're going to say, okay, ma'am, what's going on? What, okay, we can resolve this. It don't really even matter how aggressive that white person is that they're addressing. They always going to handle it differently. That fear that comes with addressing the African-American community is one that triggers their, uh, their quick trigger fingers. And it turns into a cycle. They come in aggressive. The black people reply aggressive. And then they tell themselves, well, they are aggressive. Because they don't realize that they are the aggressors in the situation. Yeah. That's how it happens. It okay. continues a cycle. It just continues a cycle. And then you keep going in that, that same officer keep going in that hood and he experiences all these different black people and he's the same kind of aggressive with all of these different black people and then you wonder why a whole uh, a whole damn community can say, no, this officer racist as fuck. You know what I'm saying? This officer come in here and he be bullshitting. That's how it happened. Okay. And, and see, that's going to move on to my next point right there. Why am I hearing that is up to the black community and the, um, the police force to come together. Why do we got to make that step forward? Why? But when this been going on since the civil rights, civil rights era, why do we got to be the ones who, who, who hold our hand out? Why we got to be the ones that be like, okay, we're going to stand down. I think it's a matter of, if we want change to happen, unfortunately, we got to submit. And I don't think black culture as a whole is willing to do that. The black community as a whole is not willing to say, okay, we'll say yes or master again to the police system. That, that, that can't happen. The police officer took an oath to damn protect motherfuckers and we are part of the motherfuckers that they supposed to protect so I expect to be protected without no damn asterisks next to that shit and, and see and, 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 and that's my uh, man you be you be knocking it out I just <laughs> I feel I, I feel I feel like this shit be going on this long ass time I mean it, it just, this the problem with it it's, this is nothing new this be going on with my mama my daddy my granddaddy, my great granddaddy, same shit. You know, we just wearing different clothes right now. That's about the only difference. The thing about it is that they could get away with it back then. Now they got to worry about all these cameras. So if if cameras, if cameras, phones, and all that shit wasn't invented for the next thirty years, the same shit will be going on that been going on. Except it wouldn't be in the news because when I grew up, the only thing I ever saw on TV black related was just whenever they played Rodney King shit. That's it. White people control the media. They not finna put a whole bunch of black people getting shot on the news if they ain't got to. You know what stuff we've been seeing on the news? We've been seeing user uploaded videos. We've been seeing live streams. You know, we've been seeing stuff that the actual civilians can control. That's what's changing the dialogue, but we still gotta understand that's new. That's still brand new. These police forces are right now in the emergence of all of these video cameras. The police departments are trying to find a way to still undermine that shit. You know what I'm saying? How can we avoid? They're not going to be able to avoid it for long. They're going to have to adjust and just start being better. 
But we still in the early stages of police recognizing that damn people be recording our ass doing this shit we be doing. And now and now they got wear now most of them got wear body cameras. No. Well, that's a part of that transition because now they can they can detach them holes like them two de- dudes did with uh, Alton Sterling. Wait. They fell off. Them shits didn't fall off. They just knew some shit was about to happen. They knew when they rolled up to that CD man that this could potentially get rough. So knock your camera off real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not going to be able to keep doing that because it's fucking three angles from that shit. You know, it's the, the, the camera from the person in the car, the camera from the uh, convenience store that the dude released, and then it's a, a dash cam video that nobody saw, but the dash cam video ain't going to catch it because they was right up under the front of the police car, which might have even been in purpose. <laughs> might have. Might have, <laughs> man. And, 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 and the thing about it is that, that should, I, they should have made some rules that when the um the dash cam do fall off or the um they they body cameras do fall off, hey, it's basically almost done in like incriminating yourself because mm-hmm. it's just like me in my truck and I got a camera in the and I decide to make that motherfucker malfunction because I'm sleeping and then I get in a crash and now but my camera ain't working but they don't know why I got in the crash. I know why I got in the crash because I was sleeping, but they don't know that. It's it's the same it's the same thing right there, but but you don't really even have a police force that believe that they should have cameras yet. Police forces yeah. don't believe they should have cameras. They're not gonna get in trouble for their cameras falling off. Don't nobody really believe that they should have to have cameras. These police chiefs want to continue to say that our system ain't like that. You know, we don't need this. And, and so, my biggest question is. Like I just I know I just asked you this before though, but everybody expect us to open a dialogue with the police. How are we supposed to open a dialogue with the police when we can't even trust the police? Man, I think it's too many variables. That's that's just a blanket statement. It's too big. You know, it's too vague. We. What are we supposed to do? Open up a dialogue. It's, it goes back into that white America addresses us as a group. You know? Yeah. You know, black people got to open up dialogue with the police. What the fuck? Do every black person in America need to go meet somewhere and go talk to the damn police? That's not how it works. I mean, this shit got to start at a community level, man. The police need to go into these black communities and fucking be better. That's what they got to do. They got to learn about these communities. They got to befriend these communities. If they want their perception to be different, they got to change. Like, like the thing is, if you, if I'm, if I'm, I, okay, I got a master's degree. I'm a therapist. I don't got no criminal history and no felonies. From across the street, if I, if I'm sagging my pants, if I got on a do rag and I got all that stuff going on for me, I just like to dress like that every now and then. Yeah. If you look at me and think I'm a thug, that you got a fucking problem. What am I supposed to change? If you look at me and perceive me as something that I'm not, you have the problem. I can't change nothing. You know what I'm saying? The police have to change the situation. You know what I'm saying? When police start going into those communities and being better, then black people are going to be better towards them. That's what we saw in Dallas. In Dallas, 
it's unfortunate that this happened in Dallas because what has been reported is that police officers was taking pictures with people, police officers was walking with them, police officers were being a positive force in Dallas. That's what was reported before all this shit happened. And then it just turned bad because of that one one dude. You know, and so that's what's going to have to happen, man. The police have to change and we as a culture what we have to do when they change, we have to be open to their change. And we have to change based off of their change. It's not that we don't have any role to play in it. You know what I'm saying? But black people for too long have been told we got to do something different. We got to change. You got to dress differently. You got to straighten your hair if you want this job. You got to talk like this if you want to keep getting customers in business. You got to have this much money if you want to live in this community. But I ain't even going to take you to the best community. I'm going to take you to the community where black people actually live. Like, they done told us what we have to do all our lives. Like, they got to do something. The police got to do some different shit now. Um, I want you to see this video real quick about how what we go through. It's it's a long video, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, play the whole thing because the shit 20 minutes long. I'm just not gonna sit here and watch the shit for 20 minutes. Yeah. Classic harassment right here. Can you see it? They pulled me over for yeah. a seatbelt ticket. But like, can they search my car? Hell no, you ain't searching my car. What? Tell me what does the seatbelt ticket have to do with drugs? That's all I want to know. Then he gonna put his hand all in my car, try to stop from letting my one up and shit. Classic police harassment. I ain't trying to go nowhere. Shit. I just want to know the age of your kids. Man, why? Why? They're not belted. Okay, write the ticket then. Write the ticket. If they ain't changes the amount of the ticket. Man, write the ticket, dog. I got money, man. Write the ticket. Can I shit? You know what I'm saying? I want to know what the fucking seatbelt ticket got to do with drugs. Nothing. If you pull me for a seatbelt ticket, write me a ticket and let me go. Did I say anything about drugs? Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, well, who was it? Boss man, who, y'all ain't get, y'all ain't searching my shit. Period. You can call a thousand dollars out. Nobody's sitting in your car. They can jump on top of this bitch, whatever they want to do, alert, whatever they do. You is not going in my car. I won't give a fuck. You ain't going that bitch today. You ain't that bitch tomorrow. Y'all ain't never getting in my car, man. I paid for this, my shit. You ain't gonna let me go through your shit. You ain't gonna let me go through your car. You just classic harassment, man. Gassing. Oh, I ain't know who you was. How you ain't know who I was? Man, nigga ain't riding around with none of that shit. Nothing. Okay, so the base, the, um, from the point, the point is, is this somewhere in, I think it's in Winter Haven, Florida, over there by, um, in Orlando. Kissimmee uh -huh. area, so they basically pulled them over for a seatbelt, and they said that basically what they trying to say. He had a seatbelt on. Kids, everybody buckled up. But I'm guessing from when I watched the video the first time that he a dope boy. So they basically keeping him there. Until the dogs get there. But they told them they weren't going to bring the dogs. Hey, y'all, hey, y'all hold up and talk about that shit, man. So now he's stalling. I've been sitting here 15, 20 minutes. It don't take that long to write no ticket. I don't give a 20 of them. It ain't going to take that long. But like I said, y'all can call the dog or whoever else. Y'all ain't getting my shit. You know fuck? That's crazy. I paid for my shit, but I'm gonna let another stranger run through my shit. I don't trust y'all, man. I don't trust y'all, man. Not be going to my motherfucking car. Fuck. 
So we do our hell. There's no hell. I'm recording the whole bitches. I don't care. Them motherfuckers, dog. You got fucking Opie Andy <laughs> standing on this. This motherfucker's side. You got all this other bullshit going on by kill for a seatbelt ticket. Come on, man. We ain't playing like that. We ain't playing like that. Y'all be lying anyway, so hell, just write the ticket. Shit. And I've been sitting here like 30 minutes. They're trying to wait for the fucking K9 dog to get here. Man, come on, man. Shit, so foo foo. Shit. Call the motherfucker here. Call a thousand of them bitches. Now look at this bullshit. Now they bringing the dog in, right? So we're gonna see how this shit here turn out. Started playing Gucci on it, Gucci on him, man. Feel me? Rolled the windows <laughs> up. <laughs> See, I got problems with this kind of situation. Oh, I ain't got to spray that shit. I don't smoke. I ain't nothing to him. I ain't even talking about on the police side. Oh, you got with him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he would boost though, dog. Yeah, he would boost, cuz. You want me to finish? The, first <laughs> off, let me tell you something. One, have your kids in the right motherfucking child seats if they too young. You know what I'm saying? Maybe everybody had on their seatbelt. Maybe they didn't. But what this officer was trying to figure out if them kids was in the right child seat. Because I'll tell you right now, in Shelby County, Alabama, if you got kids in the wrong seat, they will call DHR on your ass. Yeah. It's like and if that, you got like, weed at home on your table, they will take your kids for that shit. Yeah. It's, you it's, know what I'm saying? It's like that down here, man. But they, they was legit. They, they was great. Okay, second thing is, if you are a dope boy or a criminal, I don't know if this dude is, but yeah, this I don't is different either, news for I, the dope boys out yeah. there. If you're a dope boy, your best bet is to always have your car clean as fuck, let the police do their shit, and let them get the fuck on. From now on, after that, when they see your car, they will leave you the fuck alone. That's what they would do. And now I got to add the component of, do you know what just happened to the Fourth Amendment recently? Nah. With Supreme Court, the Supreme, you know, the Fourth Amendment is there will be no uh, searches or seizures without probable cause. Well, the, the Supreme Court now allows you to be searched without probable cause. And if they find something, then there is no wrongdoing on the police officer's part. So for those of you who are like this, they can. So for that ruling at the fourth, uh, the fourth, look it up, look up the Fourth Amendment and what been going on with the Supreme Court. They can snatch you out your car, snatch your kids out the car. If they find a little bud of weed, the court's gonna say say that as reasonable to have done what they did. You know, so y'all got to keep up with these laws and understanding that this is a pride thing right here. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. With him, this a pride thing. And you know what? Stand for what you fucking believe in. If this dude truly, genuinely believe that ain't no goddamn police officer finna go in his car and search his shit, stand for that shit. But you need to know what position you seek to put yourself in, especially if you're doing some wrongdoing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I feel you. Like, for me, it ain't worth that. It ain't worth it. 
And that's the difficult part that I've been trying to say, because, you know, don't submit to no officer that don't need to be submitted to, but don't cause no problems just for the sh- for the for the fuck of it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like he just doing this just for the fuck of it. You think he's doing it for the show? I don't know if it's for the show, but he just too aggressive. He being ruled by enemy. What he gonna what's gonna happen is he gonna get his ass fucking pulled over every week now. That's what's gonna happen. But see, I think I think he have been getting pulled over a lot. Then if he would have just let this shit go how it's going, if he would have just cooperated, I mean, what I'm saying is, if he's acting like this now, the first time he got pulled over, one fucking pleasant. So this is why they fucking with him. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. They gonna fuck with you. They already don't like you. You already got the wrong color skin. All this Black Lives Matter shit already going on. You just not gonna make it better for yourself. You gonna get pulled over every week, and it's just gonna be a matter of time before they get you for something. No matter how petty, but now they gonna try to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel. That's the difficult. That's the difficult part for me. I wanna say, you know, just do what they say, but I I don't mean it to that extent. I don't mean do whatever they say. It's something that a police officer can do or say to me that I'm gonna be like, no, fuck no. You know what I'm saying? I just hadn't come across it yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He he's out there. I get I get I get his point. I feel like it's a better way he could come could come up. I mean, come across it. But yeah, he's out there. I think he's like, like right now he's at a hundred. Man, like if you really ain't got nothing in your car, what? Why? Why wouldn't you just let them get their shit on? I mean, I guess the only way, I guess we, I have to have greater context. I have to know how many times he's been getting pulled over in the last, you know, however long, because this might be his boiling point. This might be y'all pull me over every week for this bullshit. Fuck it today, you know. I don't know. Well, I just don't know enough context to put this specifically where I want it, but I just don't cause problems if problems don't need to be caused because and not because you shouldn't, but because we know what kind of world we got. We got to look at the world with what we got and what we got is police officers be killing people his color more often than anybody else. And for shit like this. Yeah, I can look, you know I can, yeah, I can look at the uh, the camera. I, I, I'm pretty sure. You being in the South, y'all, y'all projects kind of look the same as that right now. I can tell he's like in the projects or somewhere mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. I'm Officer Frazier. I'm a canine handler with the window. What I'm going to do is conduct an open air sniff of the vehicle with the canine. The canine's trained to hit on marijuana, methamphetamine, heroin, powder cocaine, and crack cocaine. Is there anything like that in the vehicle? Hey, y'all, let's see. Y'all made me wait here for the canine to get here. Y'all can't do that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I just know y'all violated some shit just did because y'all forced me to sit here. Okay. okay, so I don't know I don't know nothing about the law like that. So is that is that against the law? Where you from? Like just to make somebody sit there and wait for the canine? No, because what they gonna cause the police the ones that get to craft the dialogue. They get to say that he wasn't being compliant and ain't nobody gonna who gonna get, who gonna write a cop up for having a dude wait that was being the way that he being on this video? Nobody. Ain't no captain, ain't no jury, ain't nobody gonna look at this dude and have no empathy for him in this situation. It don't even matter if it's against the law. At this point, it might be. But ain't nobody gonna get in trouble for it. <laughs> so he, and he don't know enough of the law. You know what I'm saying? He said all some shit like that. Like, if you gonna use the law against a police officer, you need to know that shit. You need to pull out a law book from under your damn passenger seat and go look that shit up while you in the damn car while they out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have some notes. <laughs> do what you do, man. I can hear you. I can't hear you. What's up? 
What's up? Any reason is this your vehicle? Man, what's up? Is this your vehicle? Did you just talk to him? I haven't talked to him. Oh, what well, hey, to talk to him. He pulled me over. Talk to him. I don't got to say nothing to you. He got all my information. Okay. He got all my information. Listen to me. He has all my information. Okay. I don't want to talk. I'm gonna conduct an open air. He has all my information. For a second, will you shut he, your mouth? He has all my information. You shut your mouth. If you listen, you shut your mouth. If you listen, shut your mouth. Explain something. Hey, you shut your mouth. You got me there fucked up. Hey, do what you do, man. Do what you do. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I'll talk. Draw your gun. You heard what he said? He told him to draw his gun on me. You hear what he said? Yeah, he told him to draw his gun. You bitch, boy. Keep your hands on yeah. me. Yeah. Fuck told you. Him. Man, you told him to draw his gun on me. That's if, what you told him. If you moved, nah, I you told did. him to draw his gun. If you if you moved, I did. Because I need you to continue. You told him to gun on me. I sure did if yeah. you moved. Because you I need you to keep your hands on the oh, steering wheel. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Hey, where my tickets at, man? That's where my tickets at, man? Where my at, man? No, man. Y'all help me on some bullshit. Y'all help me on some bullshit. Where my motherfucking ticket at, man? Straight up. Fuck ass crackers, man. They gonna tell this pussy ass bitch about draw his gun on me. Man, fuck y'all crackers, man. Draw your motherfucking gun and see what happens. Straight the fuck up. Now draw your motherfucking gun, bitch. Draw that motherfucker. Man, I just don't think I got the fucking nuts to do that shit what he doing, man. It, that shit just seems scary as fuck. You know, anything could go down after that. Man, he ain't making life easy for himself. And he got kids in the car. I work with kids, yeah. man. So you got to understand where I come from when I'm talking about this shit. He ain't thinking about what could happen to his kids. His kids in the car. Like, this need to be some shit he doing by himself if he going if he gonna wild out on the police like this. Like, get your kids somewhere where if some bullshit go down, they don't have to see it. They shouldn't have to hear all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I... I he got a right to stand up for what he believe in, but at what cost are you standing up for what you believe in? And I don't just mean this with police. I mean with anything that you believe in. What a nigga that get his chain snatched. Are you willing to die? Yeah. To try to try to keep that chain. I mean, if a dude scuff your shoes up in the club, are you willing to die because your shoes got scuffed up? Stand up for what you believe in, but know the boundaries and limits of that shit. And know what you seek to lose in that situation. I mean, that's all. That's the best I can say about this, man. I, I would. I don't agree with none of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't agree with. I, don't, I just don't agree with none. He's saying none. He do. He's just making everything worse every single way he going. This nigga said, "Pull your draw your gun on me and see what happened." Yeah, I, I was just about to bring that part up. Like, ain't, ain't that basically like a threat? I mean. I mean, if they had something on him, they would have been took him in. And I think he know that. And I think he taking advantage of that, knowing that, you know, he really got him at a, at a place. But why? <laughs> why the fuck would you do that? That's my question. You know, that, you know what I'm and, and like you said before, it could have been a boiling point. You know, he might have just been tired of the shit. You know. Man, it's, it's ways to handle that shit. But. Shit, I get it. Draw your gun. Draw that motherfucker. He eventually, he eventually, I ain't gonna play the rest of the video. He eventually got the kids out of the car and then he stayed in the car. Then he got out the car and then he, on. let me see, the dogs sniffed the car. They ain't find nothing. I mean, you really gotta know that you ain't got shit in your car. Yeah, he knew they weren't gonna find nothing. He knew he was straight. 
that's how why he was, that's why he carried on like this. I mean, like I said, I just I just don't agree with it, man. I wouldn't tell nobody to do this shit. I wouldn't tell nobody nah, to do this nah, shit. Nah, nah, nah. This this is what I was playing. This is the conversation that I have with my son. Like, hey man, just cooperate with the police. Whatever they want to do. They don't have to search your car. But just 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 don't be no asshole. Be respectful. Say yes, sir, no, sir. If you get older and you don't even want to say yes, sir, no, sir, that's fine. Just say yes, no. Make it simple. Make it easy for yourself. But the the reason why I showed you this video, I was showing you this video is because um what you think about they basically just found a reason to pull them over. What do I think about them just pulling them over? Yeah, just like just basically just finding a reason to pull them over. He he was legit, which is strange because in Florida they got this law that if you if you get caught with drugs they take your license away or a certain amount. So he was he was basically basically legit. So they put they, he had a seatbelt on when they pulled him over. They're going he going to explain he explains all that toward the end of the video. I think that uh. I think this is America, man. I think that the police officers are going to fuck with you sometimes. I think that some good-ass officers going to pull you over checking on your ass and not give you a ticket. I think some bad-ass officers going to pull you over just to fuck with you to see what they can get out of you. And some horrible officers going to do that to put some slugs in your ass. You know what I'm saying? This America. We, we can't act as if we got the world that we want. We got the word that we got. And in the word that we got, the way that he carrying on, if he ever have a confrontation, like if he ever get into it with his baby mama or some shit and the pol them police officers show up, that shit ain't going to go well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He ain't thinking about the big picture of all of this shit, of the country that we got. We got a fucked up, corrupt ass, white supremacy upholding ass police force. You know, and... The rules don't apply the same to us. We see that with Philando Philando Castle. He had he followed all the rules and he still got the shit. You know, so a dude like this that's willing to be openly aggressive, it shit ain't gonna go good for him and his community with them police officers. And then you put it on the internet. That it, it don't help. It just it's not gonna help. This is another video that white people can say, you know, this this what police officers got to deal with, you know, type shit. Yeah, it doesn't. But what help. I. My bad. Nah, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was finna, and then this made me think of. This made me think of. Uh, are you a Ti fan? Yeah. So on his first album, he got a song called "Still Ain't Forgave Myself," and he talked about in the end of one verse being in a situation where a police officer behind him and he got two pounds of weed in a three eighty. You know, he like blue hot blue light behind me. Damn, what I'm gonna do? Cause I got two pounds of weed in the three eighty two. I guess everything about right if I just keep it cool. How you doing, officer? What you mean? Why I ain't in school? Can you search the car? Yeah, but I rather that you didn't. Besides, it's just a waste of your time, cause ain't nothing in it. You know what I'm saying? Like the way he handled that shit was knowing that he was in a fucked up situation that could get him fucked up. And the best way you can do is play it cool. The best way to get the heat off of yourself is to play it cool. And from that song, that shit worked out for him. You know what I'm saying? He can't be like, fuck you, officer. You ain't finna search my shit. You know what I'm saying? Pull your gun on me if you want to. Like, if it don't hurt you now, because you ain't got shit in your car now, at some point, it can fuck you up. Unless he plan on being, unless he done seen into the future with a crystal ball and know that he ain't never gonna get into no shit situations where he gotta deal with them same cops. 
I just don't think he should do shit like that. <laughs> nah, he he shouldn't, man. He was he was wild, man. He was up there. He was he was ready to go, you know. And I know the reason why he was ready to go because he felt like he was legit and he was clean. But you can't you gotta realize, man, that them boys they'll take you to jail for anything. And I think kind of what saved his ass was that he had the camera on him, and there was a whole bunch of people across the street watching it. Yeah. So he 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 skated that one, but he ain't gonna skate them all like that, and especially doing that shit right there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was locked up right now. I mean, know your limits, man. Cause I mean, I don't know what my limits is. I, I guess if an officer asked me to get out of the car, I probably would. Well, first I'll call my partner that's on the police department. I'll call his ass first and just be like, look, I'm going to tell you what's going on. But, you know, i probably get out the car. But if he asked me, like, they won't fix, stick a finger in my ass or something to search my anal cavity or some shit, that's when shit going down. I got a line, you know what I'm saying, of what I'm not willing to deal with. You know, you just need to know what that line is and you need to know what you're standing up for and know what you can lose if that shit don't go well for you. In the worst case scenario, you're going to lose your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, the, the 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 thing that we need to tell our kids when they get pulled over for a car because I don't know if you, have your parents ever had that conversation with you before? Did nah. You get my mama was uh, Jesus was my protector. Okay. We was in church about six days a week, so <laughs> Jesus was gonna take care of me no matter what happened. <laughs> she didn't have to tell me how to deal with shit. Jesus was gonna come get me and shit. As far as she concerned. So for so for your uh, your future kids, what you think you'll tell them? Like protocol when they get pulled over. When when they get pulled, when you get pulled over, you take this is what I do. You take your license out. You take your registration out. When you realize them lights done came on, start reaching for your shit now, and and let your window down and put that shit in the window sill and put your hands on the wheel. The only shit that he should ever have to ask for should be in that window seal. Your insurance card, your registration, and your license. Put that shit in the window seal and let him do what the fuck he gonna do. I'm not reaching while a police officer at my window. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not. You know what I'm saying? The next the next bit of advice I'll give him if, you know what I'm saying, play possum on their ass. <laughs> ass <laughs> on their ass. Like, just go limp in that damn car with your arm hanging out the window. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, don't reach for nothing in that motherfucking car while a police officer is at your window. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to try to make it a little light, dog. That, 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 that shit, that shit, right? All this shit that's going on, it, it, it kind of fuck with me. Like I said, it, it got me flustered. It got me, you know, it kind of got me pissed off. It got me thinking about a lot of bullshit, like a lot of ifs and what if and what could and shit like that. So I'm going to try to change it up a little bit. And make All it a right. little light, man. Uh, so you are you a therapist? Yeah. So this might be a good a good question for you. So my I got a son. He's seven years old. My old my oldest daughter. She's fourteen. She's about to be fifteen. Okay. I got a I got a daughter that's younger. She is four years old. Mm-hmm. My oldest kid. I raised her. I, okay, backstory. I, when I was a, when I was a jit, I got into a lot of fights as a kid. A lot of fights. And as an adult, I look at them fights now and realize they didn't accomplish nothing. So what I try to do is 
I try to tell my kids, hey, no matter what, just don't fight. It's not worth it. You know, you're you going to get dirty. You're going to get scarred up. It's not going to say nothing. You know, it's a chance that you get older. The person that you get to a fight with, they might pull a gun out. Mm-hmm. I'm basically telling my kids, hey, run from fights. Do you think that's okay? No. It's not that it's not okay. It's just too extreme. With kids, you have to provide balance for them in how you deliver any message. Because they're going to take whatever message you give, and that's going to be the only reality they know. So if you tell your kid to run from a fight, they're going to run from every single fight. You have to help them understand what fights are worth fighting and what fights are not worth fighting. And if you have to fight, knowing when too much is too much and how to get out of that situation. You know what I'm saying? Because if you tell a kid to run away from fights, they're going to run away from physical fights. They're going to run away from emotional fights. They're going to run away from spiritual fights. They're going to run away from every fight every time something gets rough. I think you got to provide them with an understanding that there's some fights that's worth fighting. If you believe in something to the degree that you believe in it, you know, you can fight for that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not fighting ain't always that you fighting to protect something that's materialistic. Sometimes it's fighting to protect other people. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that's a good fight to fight. And so I think it's about balance. You know, I think it's about helping those children understand and realize what fighting actually means. Fighting don't just mean with your hands, you know, because fighting is sometimes emotional. Fighting is sometimes psychological. You know, you want to raise a kid to know that they can fight and that they have the ability and the strength to fight. That's what I think is important in like a message like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, but being a parent, it's like the scariest shit. Like, I'd have been stabbed and I'd have had guns pulled on me. I'd have been shot at. And I look at all that shit right now and I realize, like, damn, man, I, it's a it's a chance that I can I, I I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. S- saying when I, when I think about that shit right now, I don't want my kids to be in that same situation that I was in. I mean, I, I think the whole point of me having like not the whole point of me having kids, but that now that they here, I could be like, hey, don't do this shit because. It just nothing, nothing good come out of. I understand what you mean about the emotional fights and the mental fights and standing up for what you believe in. But man, it just so, it's scary. So if you tell your child run from every fight, what do they do if they're in a situation when they can't get out of a fight? Yeah. You know how are they prepared? Have you as a father, and I don't know, I'm not, you know, quizzing you, you, but you have to ask yourself, have I prepared them for that scenario by telling them to run away from fights? Because if it's a fight you can't get away from, I don't want, I, I mean, when they come to you and say, daddy, I couldn't get away, you know, then you got to have a new response for that. You got to have a new way of helping them understand what to do in that case. You know, I mean, a better message might be don't fight unless you have to fight. Yeah. Don't fight unless you have to. If you have to, you know what I'm saying? And it's like in a split second, then you just got to. If it's something that you think is building up, come to daddy. If it's something that you think might happen, come talk to me and I'll help you through that situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's all I'm saying. Like it it's so many variables. It is so many different things that can happen in life. It you're not always gonna be able to run away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I feel that right though. And however you 
believe to prepare them for that instance when they can't run away, you got to prepare them for that. I can't tell you how that is. I don't know you and what you yeah. truly believe in. I don't know your kids and how they are. You know, you have to craft that message in the way that you feel is the most potent to your parenting style and to them as your children and their temperaments and how you know and understand them. That make, that makes sense. It just it's just a scary thought, man. It just you know, child I know how rough childhood could be and I, I know how tough shit could be and I know how dangerous shit could be or could get. And it just man, it's that scary thought of just thinking about, man, I don't wanna see my my seeds out there getting hurt. I mean Yeah. It, it it's scary. It's real scary, man. I understand. The job of a parent is that you got 18 years to give a child the tools they need to survive without you. Yeah, 18 yeah. years too long. 18 years? I mean, 18 <laughs> years, I don't think it's long enough. <laughs> because you really only got four or five years where a child is coherent yeah. and can really understand everything, you know, through their mental development. You know, they only they really only go, come into uh, formal concrete operations at about 13 or 14 years old. So you only got like four years for real to deliver them the real messages. You know, all before that, you just trying to like prime them, prime them to be able to follow what you need them to follow and understand what you need them to understand. By the time they get 14 so that when they 14, they actually listen to your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what you setting up to that age. Yeah, they, they listen. So do you. Do you think most kids, <clears throat> excuse me, man, do you think most kids are predisposed to be bad kids or good kids? Or do you think that is they can be changed? I think anybody can be changed. I'm in a, I'm in a career field that believes that the behavior can be molded. You can change a 60-year-old lady, you know, with the right skills and the right techniques. So kids are the best case scenario of changing, you know. I just hate when parents call their kids bad. Like, a kid ain't nothing but what you allow them to be and what you create. A kid ain't nothing but a blank piece of paper that you writing on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You the one writing on it. You get to control what they become. You just have to start early and you have to know what you're trying to accomplish with your kids. You know, that's the first thing. It, until you have a direction to go, it's not possible to take a step in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Do, do, so you... Oh, you go ahead. Sorry about that. So you just got to know where you're trying to go with your kids. You don't think that kids, I mean, parents call their kids bad, not out of context, but like jokingly. It's like, jokingly, but if you call a person bad too much and they, they finally learn what bad means, what you think they're going to think about themselves? You know what I'm saying? But you don't, but see, you don't think that kids are smarter than that? Like they, they, they figure, they figure out what you're doing. Like, cause I could be like, okay, damn, man, my motherfucking kid is terrible. Get y'all bad ass in the room or some shit like that. This is going to sound crazy how I put it, but kids are stupid. You think so? <laughs> kids have the potential for learning depending on their brain development. If you give a kid, an older kid, a five or six year old, an older kid can say, hey, if you give me that $1, I'll give you these two nickels and they'll give them the damn dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like kids, their brain development ain't high enough. There is a max at which your child can understand the world around them given their age. Now, once they turn a certain age, it increases a little bit. But like I said, until they're 14, there are limitations on kids. You know what I'm saying? And so they not 
they don't know enough about the world, but they know that when they find out what bad is, it can influence their self-esteem. You know what I'm saying? When they find out what bad is, they can be like, oh, shit, daddy been calling me that shit for like the last three years. That's what it means. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and this just a very subtle nuance of parenting. That don't mean that your kid going to be horrible. There's plenty of kids that was been called bad their whole life and they straight. You know what I'm saying? But just from a very small perspective, some kids, depending on their temperament, I done sat in counseling with kids and hear them say, man, my, my daddy, just, he be calling me bad all the time. Oh, he be calling me stupid or dumb all the time. Like the things that matter to your kids, you don't really know, you know, all the time. I'm not saying it's like that in every case, but I'm a bet. I'm I'm a better safe than sorry type person. Yeah. And in a better safe than sorry type situation, I would say, you know, I wouldn't call my kids bad. You know what I'm saying? Kids at two, three or four years old, they just little explorers. They going to do all kind of shit. They ain't never been in this world before. They ain't never seen a plug. What is that? Let me go touch that. Oh, a stove, what is that? It's hot. Let me go tell you. Like, you know, you know all that fucked up shit. They just learning and they just exploring. You got to take that into consideration when you know you saying that they bad because they doing shit that they just trying to learn about. That's why they got them plug protectors. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? That's why they tell you to turn your pants backwards off the stove. That's why all of that stuff exists because kids all do the same shit when they little. They explore the world that's around them. Hey, so, hey, you got some kids, man? No, I ain't got no kids. <laughs> Wait, bro. My kids are still resting comfortably in my balls right now. I just want to let you know that. Hey, them motherfuckers going to drive you crazy, man. You're going to be calling them bad. <laughs> Shut y'all ass up. They, now, they, they, they terrible, boy. Now, I will you say love this. Them, you love them, though, man. You love them, though, cuz. I will say this. I've had families that I work with that say, they ask me, do I have kids? All friendly and nice. Like, they not really trying to find out if I got kids, they trying to invalidate what I'm telling them that they need to do. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I would never portray myself as a person that understands what a parent being a parent is. I don't. Yeah. I'm missing something. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't have the empathy. I don't understand how it feels for your heart to drop and to feel like I don't want this bad thing to happen to my kid. I don't know what that feels like. And I'm sure I'm missing a lot of other stuff. Parenting is an exclusive club that I never put myself in without being in it. But I am formally educated. I have been in the child uh, development classes. I've read tons of research written by people that have been studying kids and have their own kids. And I've been working with kids for the last six to seven years in their homes, in the community. You know what I'm saying? So it's not as if what I'm saying ain't legitimate at all. Yeah. You know, it's just I know that I'm missing something by not being a parent. Yeah, man. You, I know what you miss. You missing that headache, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing the headache. Yeah, you I don't want headache. the headache. You missing that headache, man, because, woo. Yeah, but like I said, you love him, man. You love him. You know, you look at him, and you be like, boy, I know I should do that shit. I should drive my mom crazy, boy. Drive my dad crazy. It, it, it's great. You know, that shit, what it is, is fucking karma. Yeah, man. Oh, God. Yeah, now. So you on, you plan on getting married, having kids soon, anything like that, man? Or you just going, you trying to take your time on it? I decided that if I don't have kids, I'll be okay. Yeah. But I'll also be okay if I have kids. It, it ain't nothing I'm rushing to do, and it ain't nothing that I, I can't live without. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not in a relationship. I'm not going to have kids just to have kids. Just, I'm not. I'm going to have kids seed. with the person that I deem to be the person that I want to have kids with. That's how that's going to work out. Yeah. I made it at 32 and I ain't had no kids. That's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got, I, I, you know what? 
I got I got lucky and and been with the same lady for all the years, you know. So man, it, 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 it it's it's all right, man. But yeah, I and I now if you was to come to me and be like, hey, what you think I should do? I'd be like, you know what, dog? You thirty two, cuz shit, you might as well go ahead and ride out now. <laughs> Shit. Right out. Yeah, but see, right I ain't adopting no kids, and I ain't fostering no kids either. <laughs> I ain't doing none of that. So if if I ride it out, then it's just gonna be me and her. She got to be okay with that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know some of these females they get that bug, dog. I mean, and you know, and you know what? My old lady, I, like I said, I got a four year old. Yeah, she had got that bug. She was missing that shit, boy. She was like, man, I wish I want another baby. I wish I had another baby in the house. I'm like, oh lord, boy. <laughs> man, I, I was counting. I was counting on the counting down the years too, man. Counting the bitches down, but it, it's all good, you know. Ooh, man. So, yeah. hey, do do you have a like? Do you do when you get into your the situations where you go and help the families? Do you see a lot of people that just can't be helped? Uh mental illness. That's it. Untreated mental illness. It, it's hard to help. It's hard to help women that's been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Um, it's hard to help people with narcissistic personality disorder because those are long-term personality disorders. But schizophrenia, bipolar, untreated, it's just unpredictable. You just don't know what you're going to get from day to day. You know, I mean, that's kind of what you can't help. Everything else, to me, can pretty much be helped. I mean, behavior modification is just, I feel like you can get whatever you're trying to get through to anybody if you have the right combination, like a locker. If you got the right combination of words with the right meaning behind it and the, you know, best intentions and the right, you know, dialogue, I believe you can unlock anybody's mind to understand it, whatever they need to understand. You know, you just don't know the right words to say. You got to just, you just got to unlock them. And the thing about kids is that, don't if you don't think a message is getting through to your kids don't stop delivering that message that message is lying dormant in that child and it's going to open up one day you just got to keep giving it to them that's how you get that you know my mama say this thing and now i'm talking like just like my parents you know what i'm saying i'm saying the stuff that they used to say it's because their messages awoke awoken in you you know what i'm saying so just don't feel like anything you're trying to deliver to your kids is not working Keep delivering what you believe to them, and it'll open up one day, and they'll understand it one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's important. That's important to change. And even if you can't change them from zero to 18, you know, when they turn 23 and they realize it, then that might be when the change comes. You know? I just, we just can't be too quick to give up on them when we don't, when we don't see the results that we want, like, immediately. Yeah, I, I truly believe that, because... I had like a big, a big change when I turned about 18, 19, or I say 19, 20, you know, yeah. I was, I, man, I was a, whew. It was a rough one, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. Then all of a sudden it just, shit just clicked in. Like this, this, this how I'm going to live the rest of my life being like this. I, I, I think I started seeing, seeing the um, bigger picture and understand the message that everybody was um saying to me. Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. Damn. I, man, man. I could picture myself 32 with no kids right now. Man, dog. <laughs> <laughs> man. 
Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and get ready to end the show on that right now. Man, I enjoy having you on. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna get you on again because, like I said, this was this I was not planning on talking about this. It just shit, just the way shit just went down. Yeah, I, I, I had to touch on it. I had different topics for us to hit on, but man, yeah. you know, shit is what it is. Um, uh, I appreciate and, the invite again, man. It, it was it was a good conversation, man. I I enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, and, and y'all can find the show on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Music, Podomatic, every podcast platform. My email address is place your name here podcast at gmail.com and my Twitter is at dry peanut. Okay, Mr. On Point, where can they find you at? Conversation Con Artist. You can find me on, um, you can find us, me and uh, Calamity Red, on uh, Google Play, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Blueberry, uh, just about everywhere. You you hit Conversation Con Artist in the search. You can go to conversationconartist.com. Um, and the website, we got all our podcasts. We got links and, um, and we do listener letters. So if you, you know, got something you want to ask about, you know, you can send us a letter. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. Um, or you can add us at Combo Con Artist on Twitter. I appreciate I appreciate you being on the show, man. I mean, I love your show. Everybody go check out Conversation Con Artist. And we are out. <laughs>